Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Paul Cora. He's the founder of Mellow Monk, and it's a tea company specializing in Japanese teas from the Kumamoto Prefecture. Hello, Paul. Thank you for joining the show. Oh, thank you, Ricardo, for having me on your show. What I like about the Mellow Monk, I, I, I like the name. Uh, it, it rhymes, uh, it, well, not really rhyme. Alliteration is the yes, how alliteration. you call it? Yeah. Yes. The, how do you call it? The monk, the, right. the drawing? Yeah, the icon. Or... Yeah, the, the icon, I think it's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. What was the story behind the, the name of, of your tea store? Well, it goes back to um, a Buddhist priest, a Japanese Buddhist priest who went to China to study Buddhism, and he was one of the first monks to bring back uh, the tradition of, uh, of planting tea and, and turning it into the beverage you know, that we know today. Um, th there was another monk later, um, maybe it was, had more of, a, of an influence, but he, uh, this, this monk, whose name was Saicho, I think it was in the 600s, so we're talking a long time ago, He um, he brought back uh, tea plants and uh, from China and planted them and and said, uh, you know, to his fellow monks in Japan, you know, this is what this is the uh, the art of, of drinking tea that I brought back from China. Anyway, his name in Japanese, uh, Saicho, the characters, the, if you read them literally, it means sort of ultimate uh, serenity or you know supreme serenity and. Um, So I, I like that name, you know, like, you know, so I thought, oh, serene, you know, mellow, uh, which is, I think, a big part of tea culture. You know, it's um, a, especially green tea, but, you know, tea culture, I think, is very different from coffee. And so we wanted to set us. Stress. Right, right. It, the tea, tea is more about, you know, relaxing and enjoying. And, uh, you know, you take a, a tea break to relax, you know, not to uh, not to pump yourself full of caffeine and then get back on the road and. So the other thing um, that I liked about the name, I wanted to use, uh, you know, refer to Saicho, the, the monk, is that, you know, he he took it upon himself to, you know, because he thought tea was such a wonderful thing and he wanted his fellow monks to, you know, to take it up. And, he you know, he thought it was, and it was also part of their, you know, meditating and things like that. And and so that I, I thought, you know, that's kind of what Mellow Monk here, you know, our company, is trying to do, is trying to spread Uh, you know, the idea of um, green tea from, uh, you know, traditional artisans and introduce it to people who've maybe uh, never had it before. So, uh, you know, in, in the United States, there's a story of someone called Johnny Appleseed, who was famous, was actually a real person, uh, who went around planting apple trees because he thought that apples were really healthy and, you know, everyone should eat apples. And so he traveled around planting, you know, apple trees. And And so I thought, well, you know, we're kind of, we want to be sort of the the Johnny Appleseed of green tea, Japanese green tea, uh, from you know independent growers. We're starting out in the United States, but you know anyone can uh, can buy our tea. And uh, you know it was that idea of spreading the the tradition of tea, and not just as a beverage, but more of a as part of a way of life. Oh, that's that's pretty nice. Yes. And how long ago did, did you start the company? We let's see. We founded the company in 2003, and it really wasn't until 2004 that we uh, that we got going. 
so so it's more than than one um, business partner because you say we yeah uh, I run it with my wife uh, she's, oh I see yeah she's Japanese and she's from the town where one of the uh, one of our growers is from that's how we got started is we lived over there in the city of Aso which is in Kumamoto prefecture in Japan and uh, this this sort of segues into how we got or especially how I got started drinking green tea and how I really fell in love with it uh, because when we were living in Aso you know my in-laws my wife's family the very they're very, you know, they're a farm family and very traditional, and so were a lot of their relatives. And uh, you know, they didn't drink tea that came from a supermarket or in a bottle. They, you know, they drank local tea that was, you know, made by growers uh, that they know. And this is very common in in sort of old-fashioned, you know, old Japan, you know, small-town Japan is that, you know, you if you drink local green tea, if it's available locally, that is. And you you know the growers, you know their families. Maybe your kids went to school with their kids, that kind of thing. So it's not just a brand name on a supermarket shelf. Anyway, my wife and I were drinking a lot of tea. We just sort of drank whatever was served. And uh, uh, we just really liked it but didn't really think that it was that special because, yeah, this is what, how tea is supposed to taste. And that was what I thought tea was supposed to be like, you know, this this tea that I was drinking – and I didn't realize how wonderful it was until we came back to the United States and we thought, oh, you know, sometimes we would have um, relatives who in Japan send us tea. But, you know, sometimes we'd go to a, let's say, a Japanese grocery store that would have, you know, Japanese green tea. But, you know, I, I mean, this is mass market Japanese green tea, yeah. you know, like from a big, you know, national company. And we, we start buying it and it's like, hmm, this doesn't taste anything like the tea we were drinking before. Maybe we're brewing it wrong. Let's, okay, try again. No, no, it's still bad. Well, okay, let's try a different brand. It's like, no, this isn't very good either. What, what's going on? Maybe it's the water, maybe, you know. And then we would, you know, compare it to some tea that we brought back with us or, uh, you know, from a, from a small uh, artisanal estate. And, and we realized that, oh, it's that tea that was really good. So that's kind of how we got started. And so when we visit, visited Japan, we would say, oh, we better stock up. We better buy a lot of this, um, this really good tea because you can't get tea like this in America, even in the San Francisco area, which has, you know, a large so Japanese-American community. And you can, you can get a lot of things from Japan um, in, uh, you know, in, in Japanese uh, supermarkets. And, um, but not that kind of tea. You know, that's, you know, it's sort of like a, the supermarkets are sort of like a little Japanese Safeway. You know, it's the national brands. So we thought, well, that's really too bad. So there's so few people, you know, outside of Japan, especially in, at the time. Now it's a different story. But um, we thought this is this tea is so good. We, we really want to introduce it to more people and show that just how good green tea can be, you know, when it's made by artisans like that. You know, this totally independent artisans who have complete control over every aspect of the growing. You know, they plant the plants, they harvest the leaves, they turn it into, into uh, you know, dry tea, they package it, they do everything. And, um, you know, we, w one thing they do not do, however, is, uh, you know, marketing and things like that. And we, so we wanted to sort of help them, you know, get the word out and, uh, and you know, get other people, you know, outside of Japan drinking their tea. Yeah, they, they, they're more interested in making it, but not 
getting into selling it so much. Right, right. There, I mean, like a lot of craftsmen in just any country or any, you know, cr any kind of craft, you know, they're really just focused on making the best thing that they can and and they're not really set up to, uh, you know, to, to market it or to advertise or to sell uh, online, you know, that, that kind of thing. So we're, we're trying to sort of be there, you, you know, like I tell them that, you know, just, you know, you're outsourcing your, your, uh, your sales department to us and just let us take care of it. And you just keep making this great tea and, uh, and we'll try and uh, introduce it to as many people as possible. The, the idea at first was to, to sell it for all, all the, everyone who drank tea or, or just like the Japanese people that, that were living in, in close to your area? Well, no, because we, you know, we wanted to, um, to just do it online and, um, and, you know, selling online, that means that anyone anywhere can buy it. So yeah, no, we're really not limited to any, you know, geographic area. Um, okay, or any... so you started online from the beginning. Yes, yes, from the very beginning we were online only. Um, about the the Kumamoto Prefecture, that's in in Kyushu, right? Is the the southern island below the mainland of Japan? That's correct. It's the um, the southernmost of the four main islands. Uh, I'm 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 only been in in the main main island. Yeah, Honshu. So, uh, what what can you tell us about about the Kumamoto Prefecture? Well, um, it's a very um, rural uh area you know a lot of farms and um it's uh you know I mean, just about any kind of you know agricultural product um you know that comes out of japan is made there you know they they grow a lot of rice there are a lot of uh, dairy farms as well so a lot of dairy products which surprises a lot of people um mm -hmm. uh you know wheat um you know shiitake mushrooms yeah you know tangerines um So it's a, it's a very rural area, and um, there's kind of there's one uh, big city, you know, Kumamoto City, which is the capital of the prefecture. It's closer to the to the sea, and but in uh, the area where the most of the tea farms are, are in the middle, closer to the center of the island, and there's actually a big volcano. Also, it's called Mount Aso, and um, there's also an area around it that takes its name from the volcano, and um, that's where we got a, you know found our first uh, tea artisan in there um it's sort of you know very very rural area you know not a lot of you know it's about about as far from tokyo uh big city japan as you can get uh, <laughs> you know not a lot of you know no tall buildings and a lot of wide open spaces even a lot of japanese people who visit there from the, you know from the big city you know are surprised to see just how you know wide open the countries it'd be you know like if you spent your whole life in new york city and then visited you know a farm in oh i don't know you know uh you know georgia in, in yeah the like state. the everglades or something right right <laughs> so it's uh it's very uh you know undeveloped and a lot of uh you know good clean water and um and rich soil so it's a great oh, so, so it's very good for tea yeah so the the also area is very good for tea um Because, you know, tea requires, um, you know, some elevation. You have to, you know, it can't be too low in elevation. And also tea likes to grow on hillsides. So the soil, you know, drains properly. And 
the also area, you know, really has that. You know, um, actually, with this this main grower of ours is right on kind of in the foothills of Mount Also, and you know, you can see the volcano. It's only a you know a couple of miles away. It makes for some great pictures. You know, the tea tea plants growing and then the volcano in the background. And and because of the volcano, that's why the area is so fertile. Yeah, it, it, it's possible. That's what I've heard people say. You know, because of the the volcanic soil. Um, and and in the Kumamoto Prefecture, uh -huh. um, th there's also this type of tea called Tamario Kucha, right? Right. That's what what you're selling, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Um, if I if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the only kind of tea that's made in that area. It's just to people in that area that is green tea that is sencha is uh, tamaryokusha just means that the leaves are curly you know in curled instead of straight and it's just something that goes back um you know the introduction of um of tea to japan and and uh, all the tea growers that i talked to i asked them well why do you grow this tea this way and it's like well we've always grown it that way and um in let's say honshu that area it would be known as a uh, guricha So it just means it's this, it, different names for the same thing. It's just that um, in a lot of areas of Japan, that's not, you know, the, the standard kind of tea. You know, sencha is usually uh, straight, straight pieces of the leaf. Yeah, mo mo most of Japanese teas is straightened out. Mm-hmm. That's that's correct. And what what do you think is the regarding taste? What's more or less like for people that haven't tried it? The difference between uh, a sencha and a tamaryokucha. Yeah, well, tamaryokucha is a is a kind of it's just a style of of sencha, and so they're basically the same same plant, and they're processed in basically the same way. Uh, just that they, um, you know, there's a there's an extra step to make the leaf uh, curly, you know, instead of straight. And there are some other differences um, in timing, and you know, in the it, Making tea is a very, very long process with a lot of steps, and so there are other differences too. Um, and you know, some people say that that the tamaryokucha style of sencha is um, kind of has a little, a slightly sort of fruitier taste, um, a little more uh, astringent as well. It's the difference I think between growers is, is probably greater than the difference between, like, let's say, all scent all straight sencha and all curly sencha so um you know you could probably find some straight senchas and curly senchas that taste almost the same um you know it's not like uh, all curly senchas will taste a certain way and, and be very different but so it's very very subtle yeah i think i think it has more you know there's a bigger difference uh, from the quality of the of the tea making than the uh, than the type of of sencha whether it's straight or curly All your all your tea is also organic, right? Well, we're not certified organic um, because the growers uh, that we use they're independent, um, you know, single estate artisans, and being certified organic is is a, a, an expensive proposition for them. The, but they do have some certification because I saw in your webpage website that there's um, something called the the Eco Farmer Program. The, that's correct. In Japan? Yes. Yeah, the Eco Farmer program, or it's Eco Farmer, I guess, for uh, ecologically friendly, okay. it is a program that um, it's, you know, it's, it's from the central government of Japan, and 
that provides guidance to uh, prefectures, and then the prefectures sort of tailor that guidance to local, you know, needs, you know, differences in in climate and differences in, um, you know, things like soil or the kind of insects that tea growers have to worry about. Uh, and they're, they 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 provide uh, you know guidelines on um, on you know how to grow and and how to how to fight you know various problems you know like insects or um, you know mold is another problem that tea growers can have to deal with sometimes and they'll provide ways of of dealing with it without using pesticides they you know share information or things that other growers have have discovered um, you know they can they they'll sort of share that with other growers in that area. And, and it's not just, you know, things like pesticide fertilizer use. It's also, um, for instance, one um, initiative that they're, they're trying to push now is, um, I, I don't know if you've seen pictures of the tea fields with the fans. Have you seen those? You know, a lot of the tea, yeah. you know, they'll have these fans. And that's to prevent frost um, in the uh, sort of early spring, you know, frost that can damage the uh, the young leaves after the the tea comes out of hibernation in the winter and starts growing and um, so the fans will just create enough of a draft in the early morning to prevent frost from forming on the, the young leaves. Um, and traditionally, those fans have been powered by electricity, and now there's this uh, movement to replace those with solar-powered fans, and they think that, um, that they could use not only power the fans, but then create a surplus that the growers could then you know, sell back to the electricity companies. And well, uh, I mean, that's very so, interesting. Yeah, so those are the kind of um, sort of project is you know difficult for a, a grower to just do on his own, but the uh, so the, pro- the program like the you know the eco farmer program will you know provide information on how to do it and um, you know just be sort of a you know resource someplace they can call and find out well who can install this and how do I go about it that kind of thing. Okay, about the. Your best-selling tea, the monk's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our best-selling tea is yeah, it's probably a I th- I'd say it's top leaf right now. Um, although it's a, monk's choice is a close second. What's the difference be- between each? Well, top leaf is um you know uses more uh you know the the smaller newer younger leaves at the very top of the tea plant, and um, that's also why it's more more expensive. You know, whereas Monk's Choice will use those plus, uh, you know, the leaves a little farther down. It's it's the same, the same, the same type of tea, but but it's different quality. Yes, yeah, it's a different, um, same the same cultivar of plant. Um, although usually, you know, they'll use um, a different tea plants and um, you know things like just basically extra care and extra extra. TLC, as I say, you know, tender loving care that that those plants get, um, and that that's what adds it adds to the quality. It also adds to the price, you know, because the the growers spend sort of more time on on those plants. Oh, interesting. So so that means that your your customers are how do I say it really refined because they're now they're now buying higher quality and higher price. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've I've heard a lot of customers say that. That for the kind of tea we sell, it's um, our prices are very very reasonable. That's great. Yeah, I think I mean you know because we do everything we can to keep our prices down. Keeping you know we don't publish uh, paper pamphlets or, or catalogs. You know we try and keep everything electronic and keep 
shipping packaging materials, uh, you know, to minimum, um, things like that. Do you have like a special, um, I don't know, like a central warehouse or I, I don't know how to say, it. does someone, uh, another company does the shipping for you or no, you no, do we, it all yourself? Yeah, no, we, we deal directly with the growers and we, we get the tea directly from them and they ship it directly to us um, in, in small batches. And uh, that's actually another way that really adds to our price, however, because, you know, there's shipping in small batches instead of, you know, a big shipment that would, you know, where it would be a lower, let's say a lower shipping cost per kilogram or, or for, for instance, um, because, you know, we want the tea to stay over there as long as possible until it's ready to be sold, basically, uh, because, you know, the growers know how to, you know, they have, uh, you know, special refrigerators uh and that have uh you know humidity control uh you know for tea and so we want the tea to stay you know in that storage as long as possible and then they send it to us in in small batches so we get it directly from them by by air uh no it's by it's by surface air would be really expensive yeah that would be uh, so, yeah so so it does take a while to reach yes it does it does take a while like about two weeks well, a little more than that Yeah, no, this is by surface, you know, by surface ship. The shipping by air is uh, is uh, is really expensive. I mean, you know, I mean, shipping to our customers, I mean, that's that's one thing, but shipping from the grower in these huge quantities. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, shipping by air is it's really expensive. I also see that that you have a a black tea. Yes. Is is that also made in in the same region? Yes, it's um made by some of the same growers um and what's interesting about that tea is that it's it's green tea uh, i mean excuse me black tea made from a green tea cultivar so it's a cultivar of the green tea plant that was you know developed for green tea um and then they they said well let's 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 make black tea from this and see how it is and it's a so it's a little different um than you know your typical black tea It's a, it's a little sweeter, a little lighter in color, um, and not as bitter, I think. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, experience, I think. Oh, and and why, why is it more expensive, well, a little more expensive than the top leaf because of the extra processing bolt? Yes, I, th I, I think so. Our, so, our, it, our, so it's a really good black tea. Yeah, no, I think so. I think it's a really good black tea. Also, there's another one called Mountain Snow. It's not matcha, right? It's, it's oh, powdered green tea. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 powdered tea. Um, you know, may, well, we call it matcha. It's, the thing about matcha is that in in Japan, uh, matcha specifically means um, a powdered tea that's made from the plant. Um, the same plant, their cultivar that is, that's used to make uh, um, uh, gyokuro, which is uh, yeah from tent. Right, right. And so this is this is powdered tea. You know, it's like matcha style tea, but it's made from the same the same cultivars that they use for our other teas. And so because of that, I, I don't know. You know, I think probably in the U.S. you could just say yeah, it's matcha um, because powdered tea. That's what. I mean, you know, the word mean literally means powdered tea, matcha. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, our growers don't call it matcha because you know to them that means that means tea specifically made from a different, you know, and then but it, but then again it isn't matcha, but it's it's made from the same in the same way. Basically, you know, all of our teas are made from the uh, the Yabu Kita cultivar, which is um, that's a cultivar that's used in from what I've read, I think it's 70% of, uh, you know, Japanese tea estates. It's just a very, uh, the most popular. Yeah. It's very popular, you know, very friendly, very hearty, you know, tasty, um, you know, tea, tea plant. I've heard about other cultivars in Japan, but yeah, as, as you say, it, it's like a, a minority. Yeah. Most of them is, is Yabukita. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Let, let's go to one of my favorite teas, the, the Genmaicha. It's oh. called Harbony tea. Yes. In in your store. Yes. Is it is it also the, the same style, right? It looks kind of curly in the picture. That's correct. It's it's um, you know, the Tamaryokcha or or Gudicha style uh, sencha, uh, mixed with the uh, roasted brown rice. Oh, that's cool. It's the first time that I see one. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. And and it's really cheap. It. It's a really good price. Oh, it is. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it's just it's just because it's less tea. I mean, actually, it's the uh, so our yeah, growers because of the rice. <laughs> right. That's that's correct. The the rice displaces. No, but, but what I mean is, it, it's it's of comparable price to other gamechas that are like nothing special. Um, mm, I see. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, it, again, you know, we try and keep our our prices low. Um, you know, that was just a, a strategy that we, um, you know, we, this is just, you know, we, you know, we want to sell really good tea at a, at a reasonable price. And, um, so, you know, we don't, we don't try and, uh, and, you know, jack up our prices as, as some would say. <laughs> From the time that you first started, how long did it take to, to like really pick up, like, let's say like the first year, did, did you sell a lot of tea? Oh, you know, that was so long ago. Um, you know, in the first year, since we were so new, we kind of wanted to jumpstart our business. And so we we spent some money advertising on Google, uh, you know, uh, you know, sponsored searches, you know. So when someone did a search for green tea or Japanese green tea, they would find us. And um, so we got a lot of, uh, you know, found a lot of customers that way. But, um, you know, after a while we had to cut, we had to sort of, we had to really cut out that kind of advertising because it was just really expensive. So now our strategy is to, um, you know, get reviewed. So we'll submit tea to, you know, bloggers such as yourself and, um, and get reviewed. And, and also, um, you know, we're really proactive about entering in the North American tea championship, for instance, um, our, Lightly roasted um, green tea just won uh, first place in its class uh, this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You you actually won won that competition more than once. Yeah, the same tea won last year as well. So that's uh, two two years in a row. That's pretty good. (laughs) Not that I'm bragging. I mean, I'm not not bragging because I don't do anything except except get the tea. You just sell it. (laughs) Yeah, I just get the tea to the people that want to drink it. It's the... It's the growers that I think are so amazing. Are, are the growers the same each time, or yeah, are no. you 
Yeah, no, oh, we, we okay. work with yes, the same the same growers all the time and, and so any any tea that we have of given name, you know, like top leaf, top leaf always comes from the same grower. Um the the roasted green tea, you know, always comes from the same grower. Because I saw your your YouTube video where there was uh, a a buyer from your from your company. Mm-hmm. So that only happens when when you're searching for a new tea. That's correct. It's it's not that he goes each year and and gets a different. No, no, just uh, oh. no. In, in fact, that was that was me actually in that video. <laughs> um, oh really? Yeah, and the and that grower um, that I met was the one who provides us with the um, the lightly roasted green tea. Yeah, his name is um, is Watanabe. Uh, Toshio Watanabe, and he he and his family have a uh, you know a tea estate in the Kuma area of of Kumamoto Prefecture. It's a south in the southern part of of the prefecture, and uh, it's a really beautiful area. There are a lot of big tea estates there. He's a very dedicated artisan. You know, he's very a really a real stickler for for quality. And um, I think I said this in the video. Um, But the way we find him or find a grower like that in a you know in a town that we don't know is you just you know ask around. Um, you just say you know I'm here looking for tea, and um, you know whose whose tea do you like? You know, and, and we'll just like start collecting names. And the more people who recommend a, a certain name or a certain grower, you know, we take that as a good sign. Um, because, like I said, you know, sense. yeah. Um, Like I was saying, you know, people in in small towns like that, you know, with uh, tea that's made locally, you know, they they know whose tea they're drinking, um, and they seek out that, you know, if they like that grower's tea, they'll buy that grower's tea. That's it's not a brand, you know, like a brand of uh, oh, I don't know, you know, like a brand of soda or a brand of um, you know beef jerky, where you just buy it for the brand, but you have no idea where the contents are coming from. Um, they, you know, people in in small towns, they're In a way, they're the reason why the tea is so good is because they are such, they are so demanding as tea drinkers, and they're very, you know, demanding and and particular about what kind of tea they like. And um, so when they recommend something, we, you know, that's that's about the, uh, you know, the highest honor that a tea can get is is when uh, demanding tea drinkers like that uh, will say like, oh yeah, if you want to try, you know, tea in this area, you should go to this guy and. Uh, So that's how we find uh, growers. And and before before you before they sold you the tea, what where where did they sell it? Just in in the same area, right? Yeah, just in in the area um, to tea stores. You know, there were tea shops. You know that um, in the area, and they might sell to like local, um, you know, local grocery stores. Um, and then there are. There are also stores that specialize in in locally made uh, products. There's been a lot, a sort of a resurgence in Japan lately, especially in you know that in small town Japan. You know, to you know, stop buying mass market products from the supermarket and you know support local growers and uh, you know local farmers. And so there are also stores that will you know specialize just in in locally grown uh, foods. And and it becomes like some kind of tourist attraction, right? Yeah, it's well, for, uh, for the Japanese. 
Yeah, um, uh, you know, actually, the, the local people will go there because um, you know it gets as as you know more and more of the grocery stores you know are sort of national chains, and so it gets harder to find locally made products. You know, you just get the national brands, and so uh, you know they like to go to uh, places like that to you know to buy local, and also yeah no, but also tourists uh, will go there uh, as a way to you know to buy the the kind of you know locally made goods that you in the uh you know let's say 20 years ago you could find in you know uh, in a grocery store or just in stores in general but you know as the stores become more and more stores uh you know are, are chains you know either you know convenience stores grocery stores a lot of them are just the national chains now selling national brands and so um that's created the demand for you know shops that that specialize in um and locally grown uh, food and to to have to have that type of tea uh, outside Japan, it wasn't possible until until you guys did it. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I mean, th that's you know, actually, we're really thrilled to be able to do this, and you know, it wouldn't be possible without the the technology that we have today. You know, the internet and and even cell phones. You know, texting. That's how we so believe it or not. That's how we communicate with our growers for for simple things. Is uh, you know we text them on the phone, and, and uh, you know because even tea farmers, you know every single person in Japan has a cell phone. I mean, even in the even farmers, and so that's how that's the best. You know, a lot of people don't have computers or or iPads or whatever, but everyone has a phone, and you know that's how we communicate with our growers. It's I mean it's a lot easier than if we were trying to do this 20 years ago and we had to call them on the phone and say, can you send us, you know, a hundred packets of this and 50 of that and It's just so much easier when you can text them, and and um, and then of course you know us being able to sell it on a, on the on the website, you know it's just it's so great. And I mean you know again I'm not I'm not bragging because all I do is is <laughs> connect the tea growers to the tea drinkers, but it, we're really glad that we can sort of help out the you know the tea growers at a time like this because there's sort of two trends happening at the same time, and one is working against the tea farmers. Which is, um, you know, that a lot, even in, even in Japan, a lot of Japanese people are are turning to, um, you know, bottled tea, tea from a vending machine. You know, they don't want to brew tea themselves in a, in a teapot, and and so the big beverage companies, you know, just want cheap tea leaf. So that's forcing a lot of, uh, you know, other growers out of business. Uh, you know, the, the big beverage companies in, in Japan, you know, they might set up operations, um, you know, where land is cheap, where labor is cheap, you know, and, and import the tea. And, and it's just about price, you know, because they spend the big beverage companies, you know, to make and sell a bottled tea. You know, they spend so much money on, you know, advertising and bottling and transportation and maintaining the vending machines. And so the price of the tea leaf itself has to be kept just super low, and that's, you know, the, that's the lowest cost of the tea. Yeah, no, actually, of, no, of seriously, seriously. Yeah, you know, because transporting liquid, the liquid weighs a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they they probably make it in, in you know these central plants and then bottle it and then send it out, and of course you know advertising on TV, advertising, they spend a lot of money on advertising and. So a lot of, uh, you know, that's really driving down prices uh, for the traditional artisans and they just can't, you know, keep making a living when prices are that low. But the, the, the trend that's working in favor of 
of traditional artisans is that people all over the world are sort of rediscovering just how good green tea can be when it comes from, uh, you know, a traditional artisan like that, you know, someone that is totally focused on quality and doing things right. I don't see other tea companies, other green tea companies as competition. I think, I, you know, I see them as, as uh, part of the same cause, which is to support these, um, you know, these growers out there and the artisans and, you know, help just keep them, keep them going, keep that tradition uh, alive. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, you know, people talk about the negative aspects of globalization. And, uh, but in a way, I think this is a positive, a real positive aspect of globalization is that, uh, you know, here, any, someone in some small town in, in, on the other side of the world from Japan can now get tea from a small tea grower uh, who, who 20 years ago, you know, would only sell his tea within, you know, a, a 20, 30 mile radius. And now he can sell that, you know, basically anywhere in the world. And so, you know, the, the tea used to be sort of tied to the, the area and it was really kind of limited, you know, geographically. But, you know, now the... Uh, There's no limit. There's no limit, yeah. No, just yeah. The, uh, the technology and all that, it makes it, makes it possible. So I think it's, um, it's a tough time for the, for the growers, you know, those artisans. And, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of opportunity as well. And, uh, and how, how much orders, like in a month, are we talking about, more uh, or less? You know, we get, um, you know, we get a couple, three, four, five orders a day. Um, wow! So you, you th- there are really a lot of um, customers um, interested in really high-end artisanal tea. Yeah, no, the, there are, and uh, and I think it's great. And it, it's growing. Is it growing? Yeah, no, I I think so. Um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll get busy and, and focused on one thing, and then and for instance, the the num- number of uh, tea bloggers out there you know, seems to be growing just, and, and I think that's, that's amazing too. And, and it's a sign of how the sort of, you know, the community of people who drink, you know, quality tea and the people that know about it and are interested in it, I think, you know, it keeps growing. So I think that's, that's one way that I, that, that you can see growth in the, in the industry. As yeah, a, so we're, we're hoping to see, um, more, more people into tea that like as it was before when coffee was the yeah the thing mm-hmm. now now coffee looks like yeah like it's not so interesting anymore yeah i think you know and 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 there are a lot of people you know i, I still i still drink coffee i like i like coffee but uh, you know i like both of them uh, i i don't think you have to pick one or the other but what i what i think is uh what i think is interesting about coffee and uh, at least in the united states um, I think what happened with coffee is is happening now with green tea, and that is, uh, you know, when I was young, I remember, you know, like when I first started drinking coffee, you know, it was coffee was pretty bad for a long time in the in the <laughs> United States, and and you know it was it was about convenience for a long time. You know, you buy coffee that was already ground. Oh, and then instant coffee, you know, came along, and that was so popular because it's so easy and it's so convenient. You just boil the water and you put this powder in and there you've got a cup of coffee well you know it's really bad obviously it doesn't uh, this is not quality coffee we're talking about and after 
drinking bad coffee for a long time, you know, Americans suddenly realized that coffee can be really, really good when you buy, you know, let's say whole beans and you grind them and you make yeah. and you brew the coffee. And and so people just and, and that's, you know, how companies like Starbucks and Pete's, you know, got so big is because people discovered that coffee can be really really good and that good coffee is really really good and and i think people are discovering that about uh about tea as well that you know when you go to a big grocery store and buy some you know cheap national brand and and say well this this is tea well that's not and you get a lousy tea bag yeah right and <laughs> and so but but in a way i kind of think you have to you know you have to start there because Then you'll appreciate the good stuff later on. Mm, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I don't. I don't. There, there, there can't be that many people who are fortunate enough to start out drinking the really good stuff from the very beginning. I'm sure there are people like that, but you know, I wasn't one of them. It was the same with coffee and the same with tea. Um, the first time I had green tea, I think it was, you know, I was very young in the United States, and um, it, it was a tea bag, and I thought, well, this, I don't see what's so special about this, and. Um, you know, and then later on when we lived in, in Kumamoto, that was when, um, I think, you know, it had been so long that I, 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 I kind of forgot the, the, the bad green tea and now it was, you, you know, just starting, it was like I reset, um, you know, was drinking this good green tea and, you know, I was like, Hey, well, this is pretty good. And, uh, you know, drank nothing but that. And after, you know, a few years of that and we came, moved here and then tried, uh, you know, mass market tea and saw how bad it was. And, but, be, but because of the, you know, that you, you really have to try the bad stuff in order to appreciate the good stuff. <laughs> but, um, and I, and, and, you know, so that happened with coffee and, and now I think it's, it's happening with, uh, with tea. It's uh, a cooperation between, yeah, like what you say, like tea bloggers and people mm -hmm. like you that, that started long before us, but, If, if people didn't start looking for something better, mm -hmm. we'd still be in the same places, I don't know, yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, no, and I, and I, think, so, uh, I think... I really appreciate your, your passion, your passion for bringing the, the tea from, from the Kumamoto prefecture. Oh, no, thank you. But I wanted to say that, uh, you know, we really uh, depend on, you know, tea bloggers like you to get the word out because... Um, You know, we don't have a big advertising budget and, um, you know, we can't run, you know, commercials on TV and run, we can't run a lot of ads in, on website and things like that. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, no, I think tea, tea bloggers like you do a great service and, uh, you know, the, the whole world of, of green tea, you know, uh, you know, really depends, uh, you know, on you guys a lot. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, yeah, so uh, thank you, Paul, for for joining the show, and and I, and I wish you the the best of luck with with Melomonk. Well, thank you very much, uh, Ricardo, and and I really appreciate this opportunity to, um, you know, to talk to your listeners. And uh, you know, like I said, you're doing a great service to to the the tea world, and uh, I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right. Goodbye. All right. Take it easy. Bye bye. That's it for today, people. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you've never had Tamario Kucha before, I highly recommend that you try it from Melomonk. It's a high-quality artisanal tea at a reasonable price, so you can't go wrong. Also, if you're listening to this podcast via iTunes, 
Don't forget that you can see the show notes and have access to the links mentioned by going to www.myjapanesegreentea.com slash episode 6. Thanks for listening to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com